You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Question number two is a practical Christian living question. It says, what do you do when you have a friend who is becoming rebellious? Okay, so completely switching gears now. What do you do when you have a friend who is becoming rebellious? And again, I think it's worth asking what the question means. Are we talking about a friend who is starting to maybe not listen to authority in their life as well as they used to? Is a friend who is not listening to their parents or their teachers as well as they, they once did? Or are we talking about someone who committed murder and grand theft auto and is um, now in jail? Yeah, okay. So, so there's, there's two like kind of extremes, but as I was thinking about the answer, I think that, that, that maybe these, I'm going to give you five steps that you can take. And maybe these five steps could be helpful for anyone who is struggling in sin. Because the truth is, if you have any friends, they will at some point struggle. Okay? If you don't have friends, you'll never have friends that struggle. But if you have a friend, that friend will struggle. And if you are someone else's friend, at times you will struggle and, and need them to be a friend to you. Okay, because we all struggle and we all need one another's help. And so here is, first of all, before we get into the five steps, a couple dangers to avoid. Okay, here are things to not do. Number one, don't be self-righteous. Okay, don't think that you're above their struggle. Don't present that to them. Uh, don't act like they're disgusting. That, that what they're doing is so, I, I mean, obviously every situation is different. But if, if you come across as someone who thinks you're better than them and they're, bleh, they're just gross, they're never going to want to talk to you. They're never going to listen to you. They don't feel like they can confide in you in any way, shape, or form because you don't understand uh, and you think they're gross. So don't respond that way. I say that because I think sometimes that would be our natural response to other people's sin. Okay? It's not how we respond to our sin. We understand our sin because we understand the temptation. We don't understand other people's sin and their temptation because their, their heart is uniquely wicked, just like ours is uniquely wicked. And sometimes we respond to other people's sin in very negative ways and we give ourselves a pass. So don't, don't do that. Uh, don't speak before you've considered your own sin and the real struggle that they face. They, they're facing a struggle. It's difficult. And so consider yourself that, that you struggle sometimes. How would you want someone to act toward you? Uh, don't close doors that lock behind you. Okay? Don't say something or do something or act in a, in a way that would be like, never talking to you again. This relationship is over. Whether you say that or whether you just do something that causes that to happen. Um, and then don't also enable sinful behavior to continue unchecked. It's also really important that, that yeah, we don't treat them like they're anathema, but we also don't <laughs> just accept it as if it's okay, as if it doesn't matter. We don't allow them to continue in sin and enable that and, and, and never try to do anything. Okay, those are the, the dangers to avoid. So here are five steps. Number one, pray for them. I know you knew this was going to be a step, and I almost didn't put it in just to mess with you, but but yes, obviously pray for them. Like, what can you do for any person who's struggling? You can always pray for them, and you should. Um, in James 5, 16, it says, Confess your trespasses one to another. So we're dealing with sins that we, we struggle with, that one another struggle with. 
And what he says is, and pray for one another that you might be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, first thing you always do, the thing that you can do no matter what the situation, is pray for them. Okay, And, and don't, like, uh, pray for God to work in them. Pray for, like, them, their eyes to be opened. Um, sometimes I think we, we pray for people because we're mad at them. And it's really a selfish prayer. So just, just make sure that you're praying for them from the right heart, the right motive that longs to see them right with their, in their relationship with Christ. Not just because you're mad at them. Okay? Pray for them. Number two, set an example. First Timothy 4, 12. Let no man despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and purity. Okay? So set an example. Paul talks about the need for the example, that, that he was going to be an example so that others could follow him as he follows Christ. And then he said, and also, there should some, be some people around you that you can mark out, that you can look up to who are following Christ and you can, help fo- you can follow them too. So, I mean, I'm thinking now specifically about teenagers. You know, you have a friend who's struggling because they're being rebellious. Well, don't be rebellious. That's one thing you can do to help them. If you can set the example of what it looks like to be God-honoring in the way that you talk to authority or in, or in things that you do, then, then they certainly need that, okay? Sometimes I, I just wonder uh, what, ch- what would change if just a few people got super excited about Christ and were completely devoted. How would that impact our church? How would that impact our youth group if a few of you got so passionate about Jesus that that's what you live for? You would give other people a different standard to look to. Because right now, when you, have, when you have nominalism as the standard, which I'm not saying we have, but we, we, we get a good church. But, but let's say you look at Christianity as a whole. If, if Christians look to what the average Christian is as what it means to be a Christian, then they are going to be completely misled. As soon as you have an example of, in your life of someone who really loves Jesus and is living that out, you start to see what Christianity is supposed to be. So set that example. Okay, Number three. Confront them humbly. Confront them humbly. Don't confront them unless you can do it humbly. 2 Timothy 2.24 A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Okay, so there's so much in this verse, but just, just a few things to unpack. He says, that's 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26. No worries. That we're supposed to be humbly correcting those who are in opposition with the hope that God will grant to them repentance. So, Those two things are really important. Our job is to humbly correct. Is to come to them not in in a self-righteous way, not in this like anger. Because usually what happens is we only confront people when we're so angry with them that we can't keep it in anymore. And that's the wrong time to confront people. If we were to confront them because we love them humbly, then maybe... God would grant them repentance. So that's the second part of it is you can't fix them. 
All you can do is your part, and then it's God's job to work. You just got to like do what you're supposed to do and then let God work. Don't feel like you failed if the person didn't respond. Okay? I mean, I've been confronted before. Do you know what happens when people confront me most of the time? I get my back up. I get upset. Uh, I argue. I, <laughs> it's not. I don't do all this like out loud. This is all happening in my mind because I know it's not appropriate. But, but it's, it's probably what you do too, right? Is that like right away, your response is to like clench a little. We don't like to be corrected. None of us do. And so if someone was to judge how well I took their correction based on my immediate response, it would probably be uh, not so good. But there are times that I really respect the person that corrected me. And I think that maybe what they said was true. And so I go back and I pray about it and, and God convicts me. And ultimately, that helped me even though I didn't respond well in the moment. So what I'm saying is humbly correct them, kindly correct them, and don't expect like this wonderful repentant response immediately. That's not usually what happens. It's usually lots of time, okay? And I have a number of teens that I love dearly that I've had to correct. And a lot of times it doesn't go well at first. And, and now when, when I talk to them, that's, you know, it was the fact that people in their life, myself and others in their life, that were willing to correct them is what made a lot of difference. So, humbly correct. Uh, there's a few other verses if you want to study them. Uh, Ephesians 4 or 15 is a great one. Speak the truth in love that we may grow up in all things um, into him who is the head, Christ. And that's unlike love, humbly, all those things. Um, speak the truth. You have a verse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Proverbs 27, 6. Yeah. Absolutely. Faithful are wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. That's a great verse. And, and that's like important because if, if you have people in your life who are always kissing you, who are always telling you that you're great and you're awesome, that there's nothing wrong with you, they, they might be just, they might be your enemy. They might be deceiving you. Okay? If you have a friend who's willing to correct you and to show you truth, man, that's a friend you want to keep. Okay? That, that's a faithful friend. Okay? Uh, I think we got to wrap this up. So, uh, I'll give you the last couple steps really quickly. Um, confront them humbly. I don't know. My papers are not in order. There we go. No. There they It was in the one in my hand that I was looking at at the start. Okay, number, number f- four is to seek counsel. Okay, ask other people to help you. Um, you don't have to betray their trust but it's okay to go to somebody else that you respect and say, hey, this is a situation that I'm in. This is a situation my, that my friend is in. Can you tell me how I can best help them? That's a, a brilliant thing to do, and so make sure you do that. Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And then finally, help them, but be careful. Help them, but be careful. So you do what you can do to help them. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in, in, a, in a fault, in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So that verse tells you to help them. If you're spiritual, if you're in a situation where you can bring them up and pull them back and, and, and help um, be God's instrument to, to bring them to repentance, then do that. But consider yourself, because when you step into that world... 
you, you're putting yourself at risk potentially. So you need to make sure that you're in a spiritual position that's strong enough that you can be a help to your friend when they need it. And if you are, great. If you're not, you might just need to find a new friend. That's, that's the honest truth. There are some times that people are gone so far that you, you can't help them. And if you were to try, it would mess with you. You would be the one that would fall. And so be very careful. Don't just like, oh, I'm going to be my friend for like 15 more years and hopefully someday they'll get it. No, you're just, you're going to go their way. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so if you are, if you are struggling with a friend who is not doing well in, in some kind of sin, they're, they're caught, then pray for them and go after them and confront them humbly and try and help them and be there for them and be what you can and never close that door. But there needs to be a point, there will be a point that you get to where you say, I can't. There's nothing more I can do. Lord, I'm going to keep praying for them and I'm going to let you deal with them. All right? Okay, those are our two questions today. We will do more next week and make sure you ask them. Uh, Let's pray and then you can go. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for your word and how it instructs us and helps us and guides us. And Lord, I pray that you would just be uh, honored um, in this class. And Lord, I pray that as we prepare our hearts to worship you, we would be ready uh, to honor and exalt and praise the King of Kings. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everyone. Good job. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.